Chapter 1 If it hadn't been for the subsidised mortgage, the pension plan, and the season ticket loan, Joe would cheerfully have buried the heavy-duty stapler in his overpaid skull. He snapped again. Come on! Come on! The banker stood menacingly over her as she stapled the thick documents together, his smooth, handsome features monstrous with rage. And you'd better have checked that my taxi's still waiting. It is. Joe's voice smouldered with resentment. All she could risk was catching the eye of her neighbouring secretary, Janice, and pulling a mocking face. As soon as the last of his precious documents were stapled together, she'd be shot of the toffee-nosed tosser for twenty-four hours. When it was done, he ripped them from her grasp and sped back to his desk to stuff them into his briefcase. Grabbing his mobile phone, he hurried past the other desks, pausing only to yell again at the junior executive, whose unforgivable error had held up the process. Scurrying out to the broad bank of lifts, pointedly ignoring the older colleagues waiting there, he jabbed hard at the little button. Come on! Come on! At last, the lift finished its hesitant ascent to the eighteenth floor. He stormed in and turned, flinging a glare at the others for wasting valuable seconds shuffling inside. His luck was out, and the lift stopped at floor after floor, each pause bringing fresh muttered curses from him. The moment the doors opened at the ground floor, he barged his way through the scrum, his sharp-cornered case banging painfully into one girl's knee. With no time to waste on apologies, he raced on across the marble foyer, out of the tall glass doors, and into the blustery, chilly embrace of the September evening. Shit! There were eight or nine taxis waiting there in Throgmorton Lane, with no sign which was his. He banged on the window of the first. The driver looked up from his crossword and slid the window down. The banker snarled. Ford? The cabbie pressed a button on his electronic display and shook his head. The banker dashed on to the next, and the next, and the next, swearing louder with every denial. The sixth was his, a new style TX-1. He got in and slammed the door so hard it stress-tested the welds. The cabbie winced and took a look in his mirror. As he moved off, he pressed the intercom switch. A red light came on in the passenger compartment, and another on the dashboard. The sound was thin and reedy. You'll never guess who I had in the back of this cab yesterday. The banker rolled his eyes. All he needed was a talker. I've no idea. If you don't mind, I've got some calls to make. He started punching in the number on his mobile. You? Me what? This guy was driving him crazy. You? It was you what was in this cab. Picked you up at the city airport. Don't you remember? You was with a tasty blonde number. Oh, yeah. Grace. Uh, sorry, I can't chat. How long will it take us to get to the airport? What time's your flight? 7.40. Ooh, tight. Very tight. Been horrible everywhere today. And they're down to one lane on the Emmersmith flyover. Reckon it'll be the best part of an hour and a an half. Shit!
The last thing I want to do is rob myself of a fare, but if you really need to be on that flight, you'll be a lot quicker on the tube. Oh, yeah, thought Ford. He would rather miss any flight than risk bumping into another banker and be thought the type who went to Heathrow by tube. Just do the best you can, okay? He hit another button on the phone. Joe, it's me. The cabbie says I won't make it. Can you get me on another flight? I know it's the last Stuttgart flight, but there must be some other way of getting there. Via Frankfurt, or Schiphol, maybe. If there's nothing, you'll have to charter a jet. However you do it, get me there. Now, put me through to Simon Black. He glanced through the drizzle at the road ahead. They were swinging round the Blackfriars spur that loops down to the embankment. He pressed.